0: The events of 2020 changed the world of work. We've never experienced anything quite like it before. And while everyone is hoping that 2021 will bring relief from the COVID-19 pandemic, it's important that employers not lose sight of how emerging issues could affect the workplace in 2021. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today, we'll talk about compliance trends to watch in 2021 with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as counsel at ADP. Meryl, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Jim.
0: So we've seen a lot of legislative activity this past year, particularly related to paid leave. In March, for example, Congress passed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act or FFCRA. Uh, The act provided employees with paid leave for certain COVID related reasons, but it was set to expire at the end of 2020. Uh, So what's the status of FFCRA in 2021?
1: That's right, Jim. The FFCRA was set to expire on December 31st, 2020, and the leave provisions of the law that had become effective on April 1st did expire on December 31st. But in addition to providing employees with paid leave for certain situations related to COVID-19, the Act also offered tax credits to employers that offered FFCRA leave. And that tax credit portion of the law was extended through March 31st, 2021. So under the extension, employers could be eligible for tax credits if they now voluntarily offer covered paid FFCRA leave through March 31st, 2021. And while the mandatory leave portion of the law terminated as expected on December 31st, it is possible that Congress could renew these requirements in 2021.
0: Uh, So in addition to federal paid leave under the FFCRA, Uh, Many states and local jurisdictions issued new paid sick leave requirements or they expanded their existing requirements to address situations related to the pandemic. Uh, Do you expect these changes to to stick?
1: I do. I do think um, for 2021, as long as we're contending with a public health emergency, these changes are going to be around for a while Um, jurisdictions like California, um, Colorado, DC. New Jersey, New York, um, and Philadelphia, just to name a few, have issued new or expanded paid leave requirements in response to the pandemic. And while some of the changes are intended to be temporary to address COVID-19 specifically, the language in some of the laws indicates that these expansions are going to be around and will be permanent. In fact, in Colorado, they now require employers to provide a supplemental amount of paid leave in addition to an employee's other paid sick leave allotment during any public health emergency as they define it in the law.
0: So there were also some states that passed leave laws unrelated to the uh, public health emergency. Can you talk a little bit about those, please?
1: Sure. Um, in addition to paid leave for COVID-19, states continued to enact or expand other leave laws um, in 2020. and. So, for instance, effective January 1st, 2021, California expanded the California Family Rights Act or CFRA to, among other things, cover employers with five or more employees, whereas previously the law had only applied to employers with 50 or more employees. And the expanded law also now makes it easier for employees to qualify for CFRA leave. Um, And the law also covers additional types of absences. It allows employees to take leave to care for more family members. And it also gives additional rights to parents who work for the same employer. Um, So it's important if you are a covered employer in California that you're reviewing these expansions under CFRA to ensure that you're complying with the new requirements. And also while we're we're talking about leave effective January 1st, Maine's all-purpose leave took effect And that requires employers with 10 or more employees to provide employees with paid leave for any purpose. Um, Those are just a couple of the changes in leave laws. And I'm sure there's more that will be coming in other states and local jurisdictions as well.
0: Uh, So, Meryl, besides leave entitlements, uh, what about rules addressing liability issues related to COVID-19?
1: Well, in 2020, there were more than 13 states that issued executive orders or adopted new laws that were aimed at protecting employers from civil lawsuits that related to COVID-19. Um, and it is possible in 2021 that more states will follow this trend. Um, It's also possible that federal protections in certain circumstances could come into play to protect employers from liability as it relates to COVID-19. So I would absolutely recommend checking all the applicable laws that apply to your business and then discussing any liability questions with legal counsel.
0: All right, Uh, while providing employees with uh, the necessary time off is important, Uh, Making it safe for employees to enter the workplace is critical. So, do you expect we'll continue to see more workplace safety laws and regulations in the year ahead?
1: Absolutely, yes, I do think we're going to see more workplace safety laws take effect in 2021 um, that will likely adopt similar requirements to what we've seen in 2020. Um, We saw numerous laws passed that aimed at protecting employees from COVID-19 and these laws generally address specific workplace controls such as social distancing, face coverings, um, sanitation, and also training and instruction for employees as well, which is important. Um, There are emergency laws and regulations in, in jurisdictions like California, DC, Michigan, New Jersey, Oregon. Um, in Utah and Virginia that require employers to take specific precautions to protect employees from COVID-19. In California in November, they issued emergency rules that require employers to adopt a written prevention program and it has requirements, including 11 detailed elements that have to be in this program to help protect workers from COVID-19. Um, the state actually published a model program that employers can leverage, so it's something to look for if you're a California employer. Um, on top of that, President-elect Biden has also signaled that his administration may consider federal regulations um, that are intended to further protect workers from COVID-19.
0: So, Merrill, when President-elect Biden takes office, Is there anything else employers can expect in terms of workplace policy changes?
1: I think so. I think when Biden takes office, he's gonna have his own set of priorities and he's appointing his own staff to lead federal agencies and that could impact how existing rules are interpreted and enforced and the types of new regulations that we may see as they relate to the workplace. Um, Biden has already identified the misclassification of employees as independent contractors as one of his top priorities and he's, also, signaled that protecting employees' rights to work together to improve their working conditions and to unionize to be a priority as well.
0: How about COVID 19 vaccinations? Uh, as they're becoming available, what can we expect to see in terms of new laws, regulations, or guidance?
1: So, Jen, this is a tricky one, um, and we're getting a lot of questions from employers asking them whether they can require employees to get the COVID 19 vaccine. So there are um, some laws that are already on the books in some state and local jurisdictions that address employee vaccinations generally. And those laws may apply to the COVID-19 vaccine as well. Um, And then there are also some states that are now considering new laws that would specifically address whether an employer could mandate a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, There are also privacy laws that may impact how employers handle vaccine requirements. And then also um, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, or the EEOC, um, has recently released updated guidance that addresses COVID-19 vaccinations in the context of federal non-discrimination laws. So, essentially, the guidance notes that administering the vaccine isn't considered a medical exam, which would cause the employer to have to think about certain ADA um, restrictions, but the pre screening vaccination questions that an employer may ask those could elicit information that relates to a disability. So employers need to be careful because they have to make sure that those types of questions are job related and consistent with business necessity. Um, The EEOC guidance also addresses how an employer that requires vaccination should respond, if an employee says that they can't receive the vaccine because they have either a disability or a sincerely held religious practice or belief, and then there are other issues to consider as well. So again, I think it's important that if you are going to implement a vaccine policy, you may want to consult with legal counsel and just make sure your policy is consistent and compliant.
0: All right. Uh, who would have known vaccinations would become so complex, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Switching gears, if I may, uh, last year, we also saw a number of laws and regulations related to non-discrimination. Uh, do you expect to see and or continue to see more of these types of laws in the year ahead?
1: I think so, for sure. We saw a lot of activity in 2020 that aimed at clarifying or expanding non-discrimination laws, and some of it that was driven by COVID-19. Um, We saw guidance issued by the EEOC um, and that agency said that the ADA doesn't allow the employer to exclude an employee from the workplace or take any other type of adverse action just because that employee has a disability that would place them at a higher risk for severe illness if they were to get COVID-19. And some employers were wondering if they were able to do this as a means of proactively protecting higher risk individuals. Um, Also, under the ADA, if an employee has a disability that puts them at a high risk for complications from COVID-19, the employer should talk with the employee about whether there are accommodations the employer can make to allow the employee to work um, and perform the essential functions of their job, um, unless doing so would impose an undue hardship on the employer.
0: All right. Uh, There are also some changes unrelated to COVID-19. Uh, for example in 2020 the US Supreme Court ruled in a 6 to 3 decision uh, that federal law prohibits employers from discriminating against applicants and employees because they're gay or transgender uh, can you please tell us a little bit more about the impact of that decision
1: so yeah so the US Supreme Court heard arguments from three discrimination cases um two were related to sexual orientation and one was related to transgender status. And in all three cases, the employers argued that Title VII doesn't protect individuals from discrimination based on either sexual orientation or transgender status. But in ruling in favor of the employees, the Supreme Court held that discrimination based on those characteristics requires an employer to intentionally treat employees differently because of their sex. And that's something that's not allowed under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, so employers can't discriminate against an employee based on either their sexual orientation or their transgender status. So, if you haven't done so already, you should be reviewing your policies, your practices, and supervisor trainings just to see if you need to make any updates in light of the Supreme Court decision. And then also keep in mind, while federal law applies to employers with 15 or more employees, there are many states and local jurisdictions that also have already enacted laws that expressly prohibit discrimination on the basis of either sexual orientation or gender identity. And those laws may cover smaller employers as well. So it's important that you're also checking your state and your local law to make sure you're complying with those requirements also. So
0: another area where there has been a significant amount of legislation is in providing pregnancy accommodations. Can you share some thoughts about that, please?
1: Right, yeah, there has been. Um, Employers need to be mindful of specific protections um, that are in place for pregnant workers if they haven't been already. Um, Effective July 1st, Virginia had voted and passed a law to join California, um, Colorado, Maine, New Jersey, and a number of other states to require more employers to provide employees with reasonable accommodations for pregnancy, childbirth or related medical conditions unless it would pose an undue hardship on the business. Um, Reasonable accommodations may include things like more frequent or longer bathroom breaks or breaks to express breast milk and also employers are prohibited from requiring an employee to take leave if there's another effective accommodation um, that could be provided instead. And then as as far as navigating COVID-19, you can't bar a pregnant employee from the workplace or require her to telework or place her on involuntary leave just because there's a potential increased risk of exposure. So instead, you need to be talking to the employee and seeing whether there is a possible accommodation um, such as telework that could be made available so that the employee can continue to work.
0: It's great to have you back, Merrill. Thanks for your time. Uh, You shared great insights on some new topics and also you've updated us on a few issues we've touched on in past episodes. Uh, So if you're interested in diving deeper into any of these, uh, please check out our HRpreneur archive and also visit adp.com forward slash smallbizcovid19 for other resources. I want to thank you all for listening to HRpreneur. Thanks again for joining us and best wishes for the new year. Be well.